0: debt will do that before you even get your check it's already been munched on it's already been devoured and now you can't depend on your whole check because somebody else is already already in it like a little rat hello everyone welcome to kingdom rock radio you are moments away from receiving god's rich word but first remember that you can subscribe to our roku channel as well as our podcast And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. We Thank you so very much for this time, this moment you've given us to gather on your word. Lord, we just, we seek your presence. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you, that you are the teacher. You're the one who leads us into all truth and shows us things to come. We ask you, Father, to prepare our hearts. Uh, for the sowing of the word. And Lord, we ask for a Rama word, a right now word. You know how to talk to every last one, every last person in this room. And Holy Spirit, I admit my own weaknesses in this area. I don't know what to say, but you know all things to say. So Lord, I pray that you would speak through my mouth. Uh, Lord, that you would think through my mind. And Lord, that you would communicate your word to your people today. We love you so very much. And we honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, for the past few weeks. And uh, this today is part number six of the series entitled, Good. What's that good stand for? Get Get out of debt. That has been the official word from the Lord to us. Get out of debt. So, uh, yes, Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Online community, hello, wherever you are. Yes, wherever you are all from all around the world, we want to let you know that we love you so much, and we thank you so much for being a part of this service. Don't forget that you can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find out how to connect with us on the different platforms as well. Just click the media tab for more information. All right. All right, today we're going to, let's go back, I want to give you, uh, oh yes, and today is also the concluding part of this particular series. I'm sure we'll go back and pick it up some other time as the Lord uh, leads us to, but today will be the concluding part of this. I want to just remind you of our series goals, things that you should have experienced in this series, and some things that you will experience after this is over as well. So the first thing was that, uh, that you would pay off debt or eliminate debt. So at the least, you should have begun doing that in your life. Uh, Secondly, uh, we will discover and eliminate wasteful spending. You should begin to see some things now that are just not necessary. Some things that we can, if not cut off, or maybe, maybe we can pause them. Maybe we can pause them. You may not have to have all of those premium channels at this moment. Maybe we need to cut it down to the basic bare bones so we can pay off something else. Amen? Amen. So instead of $120 and $150 a month, maybe you can pay $30 a month and use that money toward paying off debt. Amen? Amen. Uh, Thirdly, uh, we're going to give generously and break cycles of poverty. That's a continual thing. Uh, Four, we're going to generate wealth uh, through opportunities, receiving money, sales, etc., So during this series, we've also had testimonies of people getting jobs, getting new jobs, even getting greater jobs. So uh, even apart from that, you still need to pull on the kingdom of God uh, for wealth, for wealth, because God has given you wealth. Amen. And five, uh, we're going to store up wealth for future opportunities and uh, for the future generations. Aren't storing up wealth, and we'll actually talk a little bit about that today. All right, so I'm going to give you some wisdom keys and some things to remember because this is the last, uh, the last series, the last episode in this series. So I want to just give you, I want to just fire some things at you. I want to give you eight wisdom keys, and then I'm going to give you some other principles, and then we'll talk about what saving is. Is it biblical to save? We're going to talk about that, and let's see how far we get today. Amen. All right, so listen to these wisdom keys. Uh, the first wisdom key is: you will never defeat what you're unwilling to confront. That's why you need to compile your debt list. You must know who you owe and how much you owe them. You gotta get a grip. You gotta get a grip. As long as you're running from debt, you'll never overcome it. Secondly, uh, you can earn millions of dollars each year and still be broke. We understand that, right? Uh, Third, uh, poverty is not just the state of your pocketbook. Uh, Someone would say, uh, I don't have any money, that's why I'm poor. No, Uh, it's the state of your mind, it's the state of your thinking. The state of your thinking. All right. Four, as long as you consume more than you produce, you'll always be without. As long as you consume more than you produce, you'll always be without. Five, your regular, your regular uh, monthly financial needs has an exact number. Do you know how much you need every month? You have to know that. Your regular uh, monthly income has a number too, has an amount too. Do you, do you know how much you receive every month? Seven, unless you've done and continue to do these basic, these basic um, uh, counting, Let me start over. Unless you've done and continue to do this basic accounting, you'll never know when you're financially winning. You don't know when you're actually winning unless you've done this. Unless you know this number, you can't truly pray effectively, as you should. Uh, Unless you know this number, you'll never know where the extra or overflow point is. Unless you know how much you need every month and how much you're getting in every month. You don't know what extra. If someone gives you $1,000, oh, I, I have an extra $1,000. Do you really? Do you know? Oh, does that, so you're out of debt then? No, I'm not out of debt. Well, then you don't have an extra $1,000. That extra $1,000 belongs to company ABC for the debt that you have. You understand? All right. And number eight, remember, this is so key, remember, wealth is not truly measured by how much money you receive, but by how much you can save and give. You say, I make a million dollars every month. How much you're saving? Uh, How much you giving? Uh, I I don't really have anything left over. It doesn't matter how much money you make. If you don't have anything left over, you're still broke. Are you hearing? All right, let's talk about the things that we should uh, keep in mind. We need to keep uh, the purpose of money, the purpose of wealth in mind. Please keep this in mind. Three things. One, the purpose of money, build the kingdom of God. Use that money for the will of God and the earth to win souls for Christ, to do what the Lord wants. The purpose of wealth, again, is to build the kingdom of God. Secondly, for you to live an abundant life to the overflow, to the full. Hallelujah. You become a billboard for Christ. Now, I did not say again that all of us are going to be trillionaires. That's not needed unless that is a part of your commission. That's what God has called you to do. Then you're going to need to have trillions of dollars because, he's, because that's a part of your assignment. You need that for your assignment. Remember, money is a tool. Money is a tool. Now, if I'm a hairdresser, if I'm, if I'm doing your hair, then I don't need a drill. <laughs> I don't need a hammer and a nail. Those are not the tools of my trade. Money is a tool. So if I'm a hairdresser, I need to have some clippers, some scissors, some comb, brush, you know, because those are tools for my assignment. So if your assignment requires you making trillions of dollars and billions of dollars, then I expect for you to have it. It's a part of your assignment. But for all of us, our part of our assignment is for us to have more than enough. For us to have more than enough. That's a part of everyone. More than enough so that we can communicate and share with others. Amen? Amen. Thirdly, the purpose of wealth is for us to leave a legacy for the next generation. Got to leave something behind for the next group. Amen? All right, now let's talk about the method of wealth, method of wealth. And let's look at this out of 2 Corinthians 9 uh, 10 and 11. I'm kind of going sort of fast with you, but you still with me. Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians the 9th chapter verses 10 and 11 out of the Good News translation. I love the way this reads, so hear me. It's in verse number 10, and God who supplies seed for the sower and bread to eat will also supply you with all you with with all the seed you need and will make it grow and produce a rich harvest from your generosity. Look at at that again. And God who supplies seed for the sower and bread to the eater. Remember, we said those are two different things. If you're going to sow, if you're going to be an investor, you're going to be a giver, the Father is going to supply you. He's going to give you seed. He's going to make sure that you get it so that you can sow it. All right, he's going to make sure that everybody has bread to eat, right? But see, that's the problem. But many times we're just eating, eating, but then we're still in lack tomorrow. You can eat the whole loaf of bread today and tomorrow be hungry. So it has to be both. Seed for sowing, bread for eating, right? Right? All right, notice it says, um, we'll also supply you with all the seed. God will also supply you with all the seed you need and will make it grow and produce a rich harvest from your generosity. Now, obviously, when you sow seed, uh, when it comes up, when that grain comes up, you can make bread, right? So he gives you the start, the start of it all, the seed to sow. When you're sowing in someone else's life, that seed should be productive in their lives. You're giving them the building blocks of wealth for their lives so they can also eat. He'll give you bread for today, and seeds so that you can eat tomorrow. Amen? So every time you receive increase, Lord, what is my bread for today, and what am I meant to save and invest for tomorrow? Are you hearing? Yeah. Listen to verse number eight. He will always, say it with me, he will always. He will always. He says, he will always make you rich enough. I love that. God will always make you rich enough to be generous at all times. I love that phrase, right? He will always make you generous enough or rich enough. He will always make you rich enough to be generous at all times. It doesn't say he'll always make you rich enough so that you can buy, buy, buy. He said he'll make you rich enough so that you can be generous at all times so that uh, many will thank God for your gifts uh, which they receive from us. All right. So the purpose of wealth. Here again, you're going to spread that thing out, but you're going to have to have it in order to give it. You're going to have to have an overflow of it in order for you to give it out. Remember the book of Acts: as uh, many as sold, uh, many as had houses and lands, sold their possessions, sold those. They didn't sell. I'm sure they didn't sell the house they were living in because if I sold, now I'm homeless. Gay, okay, I sold my house, now Peter, what am I going to say? can I stay with you? No, this is their overflow, they had houses and lands that they sold, are you hearing? You're going to have to have an overflow, amen? Now, I want you to consider this as well, uh, now so today we're going to really be talking about um, the, the storehouse, and we'll get, get to that in just a second. But we're going to talk about savings accounts and opportunity funds. Those are two different things, savings accounts and opportunity funds. You should have an opportunity fund right now. Depending on what your income is, you may have an opportunity fund of about $1,000. Great. If you make a few million a year, $100,000 a year, having $1,000 in an account for an opportunity is not going to help you a whole lot. All right? So you're going to have to determine what that is. A savings account is what you will establish after your debts are paid off. It's what you will establish after you are out of debt in order for you to successfully save. All right. Now, all of this can be overridden by the Holy Spirit of God. All right. But as a general rule, you're going to begin saving after you come out of debt. Okay. Because what you save before debt, you could be, it could be eaten up by all the interest because of your debt. Okay. All right, now, so let's look at uh, what, what is saving. We talk about saving. What is saving? Saving, just the basic definition is, uh, and, and this is just straight out of the dictionary, it's no big deal. It says the word save means to keep safe or rescue someone or something from harm. It also means to keep and store up, keep, or keep and store up something, especially money, for future use. So, as we talk about saving, That's what we're talking about. Now, saving, again, is biblical in every sense, and I'm going to show you that today. Uh, In the scripture, many times the Lord saves his people, uh, or he rescues them from danger or from harm, and saving means to set apart for a future use. He sets them apart for for a future use. That's why we have one reason that we use communion, not communion, but um, olive oil, anointing oil. As the Lord sanctifies someone, sets them apart for a use. Saving also means to sanctify, to set apart. So when you are using monies, you are setting them apart. But not just setting them apart, you're setting them apart for a purpose. For a purpose. So let me give you, you say, what does all this have to do with Jesus? A whole bunch. Let's go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, the first chapter, 2 Timothy 1. Look at, one, look at uh, verse number 9. you see what I'm talking about. It says, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Notice notice the first part of verse 9. He saved you and he called you. He set you apart and he gave you a purpose. He set you apart and he gave you a purpose. Are you with me? Look at 2 Timothy 4.18. 2 Timothy 4.18. A few verses, a few books over. Or chapters over, rather. Look at verse 18 says, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and what? Preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So preserve, he preserves, he saves me, he rescues me, he keeps me from, he sets me apart for a specific work. He saves us, all right? Let's look at very famous, let's go to John 3, 16 and 17. You know it. Let's talk about that. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, right? Right? but have everlasting life. Look at verse number 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. saved. So through Christ Jesus, we are rescued from danger. We are set apart for a specific work through the Lord. So God's a master at pulling this group out, this people out here, this person out here, and say, hey, you're going to be here, and I'm going to use you over here. And you're going to do that same sort of thing with wealth. Are you hearing? Amen. All right. So let's, let's finally go now into the sixth part, sixth part of the series, final part, and let's talk about the storehouse, the storehouse. Now, I want to give you, first of all, just some uh, general principles about storing up. And to do that, one of the best scriptures that, that I know to do that comes from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs, the sixth chapter. So let's look at Proverbs 6. Are you there? All right. Thank you so much. Proverbs 6, chapter, Proverbs 6, and it's so good to see you today. I'm having fun today. You having fun today? I'm learning the word of God and I'm growing, and I pray that you're learning and and growing and growing and growing in Christ. Amen. That's my desire for you. That you learn and grow and become all that God uh, has called you to be. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs 6. I call this verse the poke you in the eye verse. <laughs> let's see what it says. It says, and I love this out of the Good News Translation again. Tosh, I just love the way it reads. Verse 6 says, lazy people should learn a lesson from the way ants live. They have no leader, chief, or ruler, but they store up their food during the summer, getting ready for winter. How long is the lazy man going to lie around? When is he ever going to get up? I'll just take a short nap, he says. I'll fold my hands and rest a while, but while he sleeps, Poverty will attack him like an armed robber. He says, Hey, consider the ant. Look at the ant. The ant stores up. The ant stores up. Now, here's the principle God will give you, often give you more than enough. More than enough. You need to know why you're receiving that more than enough. It could be that you're storing up for a future time. How many times we've ever gone through something, and we say, oh, well, I had the money, I had the money that I could have used this, but I did this. (laughs) You know, I I had this, I wish I hadn't bought, I wish I hadn't done, then I would have had. Yeah, I think we've pretty much all been there, right? Why, Lord, are you giving me this windfall? Why are you giving me this now? We We need to ask this question, we need to ask this question. All right, let's go. Let's look at another. Let me show you this strong, strong. Now, I call this the strong power. Well, the whole Bible is strong power verse, but you need to hear this. Get this. This is a strong. Let me say it this way. This is a strong principle. (laughs) Ready to listen? All right. Let's go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. I'm going to show you this in two different verses. The Lord Jesus speaking. He's establishing a principle that is mind blowing. Stan, it's mind blowing. All right. So Listen to this. Matthew 13, verses 11 and 12 of the King James Version. And it says, He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but, but uh, to them it is not given. Look at verse number 12. That's where I really want you to get. For whosoever hath, whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more Abundance but who, but uh, whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Let me read that again. Matter of fact, help me read that. We're going to start at the, uh, start, let's read verse 12 together. Ready? Let's go. For whosoever hath to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he had. All right, remember that, okay? All right, so let's go to Matthew, same book, Matthew 25, chapter 25. The Lord is establishing a principle. Matthew 25, look at verse 25 through 30, and this talks about the, uh, uh, it's the parable of the talents, talking about the, the, the wicked wicked servant here. Let's, let's hop down. You can read the whole chapter, but we're going to hop down to verse 25. Matthew 25, verse 25. And it says, And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slow for servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed, Uh, Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Verse 28, Therefore, uh, take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Look at verse 29. Matter of fact, let's read 29 together, can we? All right, let's try to read. Here we go, let's read. For unto every one that hath, shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Sound familiar? Look at verse 30. It, and, and cast ye the unprofitable, serp, unprofitable servant uh, into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, here's the general principle. Let me show you the general principles here. If you have money, you can get more money. If you have it, you can get it. Uh, you can live in abundance. Second principle here, if you don't have money, uh, if, that is, if you let it run out, you spend it all, you'll end up losing everything. You will live in poverty. Can we establish these general rules here, right? The third thing is, if you have money, you can be trusted with more. Generally, if someone comes to you asking for money and they don't have money, the question comes up, why don't you have it? Have you been unfaithful with what you've had? But if they say, hey, I want to make an investment, uh, and I need you to help me to invest I have money, but I'm giving you the opportunity to give. You feel a little bit better about investing because the fact that you have money says that you've been a good steward over it. Now, all things being equal. Now, we know that circumstances and situations can arise you know, and things happen, but all things being equal, these are general principles that, that, we, that I want to show you today. So I want you to look at something. The phrase that says, But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that that he hath. Question, how can you take something away from someone that doesn't have anything? He says, from him that hath not shall be taken away even what he hath. He that has nothing. You don't have anything. How are you going to take something away from me when I don't have anything? The answer for that is very simple. Debt. Debt. You have nothing. But once you get paid again, before you even get it, it's gone. It has already been, it has already been consumed. It has taken away even that that you had. You understand? Death will do that. Death will do that. Before you even get your check, it's already been munched on. It's already been devoured. And now you can't depend on your whole check because somebody else has been already already in it, like a little rat. (laughs) Been chomping at it before you even got it. And we'll leave that right there. (sighs) So to that end, we will say this. Never spend your last. Unless the Holy Spirit tells you, unless you feel the Spirit of God telling you to do it. Then you do. Then you hear his voice because he has the plan, believe me. But I'm telling you, never spend your last. Once you get paid, here again, honor God first and foremost. Honor yourself in a form of uh, saving or your opportunity fund. Then in your spending, you want to pay off your debt. Pay off your debt. Pay off your debt. And of course, you get stuff you need, gas for your car and so forth and so on. You got to do those particular things there. But you never want to spend your last. Keep it somewhere. If you keep it in a, hopefully a bank account somewhere, but if you don't trust banks, some people don't trust banks, keep it, get one of those fireproof safes. If you're going to do that. And don't tell nobody where you put it. Shh. Yeah, yeah, maybe one you can tie down to the floor or something. I don't know. I don't know where you want to put it. But if you don't trust the banking industry and all that stuff, at least put it up somewhere where you know you have, because when you have it, you can get more of it. As a general principle, but when you're flat out broke, it becomes difficult for you to make more. So please, uh, hear that principle. So again, um, why saving? Now, there are, there are some bad reasons to save, bad reasons to save. One is where you want to feel independent. I got money, so I don't need you. That's bad. Or you want to be uh, independent from God. Lord, I got it, so I don't need you You're know, building a false sense of security. That's bad. That's bad. But generally, we want to save for a purpose. The money has a purpose. Remember, it is a tool, and you will need the right tools for where you're going. You'll need the right tools for where you're going. All of you should have a vision of where God is taking you, an image that the Holy Spirit has given to you. And that's going to take money in order for that to come to pass. Money and favor and other things. And depending on what he's showing you, you know, if it's a, a great and mighty thing, all of us is great and mighty, but, but some things will require more money than others. Are you hearing? Now, let me show you. Let's go into some general principles. And again, then we're going to be closing out today. Let's go to uh, Genesis 26. Genesis 26. So, again, in order for you to. Do things with money. You have to have it. Now, here's a good, very good example. Pastor Nielsen brought this out uh, for us a long time ago, and it keeps ringing in my ears. Genesis 26, verse 12. Listen to this. It says, "Then Isaac sold in the land, in that land, and received in the same year an hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him." You see that? Now, again. For Isaac to sow into a land, he first of all had to have seed. He had to have some monies laid up or some seed laid up somewhere. You can't sow it when you don't have it. So again, you're going to have to have it. Now, notice again, uh, he had seed or we would say in this time now money to invest and he invested it at the right time. Notice the word says that the blessing came after he reaped it. Look at the verse again. It says, Then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So there is a blessing that comes after we do well with money, after we do well with our investing. The hundredfold was not, surely it was a blessing, but it was not the blessing. The blessing and That's what we're missing many times. We say, well, I got money, so God has really blessed me, but have you received the blessing? Because the money is what you need. Money is a tool. It's what you need to do what you've got to do. It is not the blessing. Remember, there are true riches that we're we're after. We talked about that last week. True riches. The Lord will Look and see how you handle a monitor, how you handle money, so that he may bless you with true riches. Money is not the true riches. But there is a blessing that goes beyond what money can buy. Hallelujah. All right. Now, uh, as we get into it now, let me explain to you some things. As we begin to close, just a few moments. There are seasons for saving. There are seasons for saving. And then there are seasons which you, that you, seasons when, you, when you're in that you can't save. No matter how much, you, how much you try, you won't be able to save. There are seasons for saving, and there are seasons uh, for living right now. Living right now. There's no better, no better picture of this than in Exodus. We're not going to get to it, but Exodus, the 16th chapter, you can read it later. I'll make note of it. Exodus, the 16th chapter. In Exodus 16, God was training the children of Israel how he wanted them to live in the promised land. He trained the people of God. Let me stand up for this one. He trained the people of God how he wanted them to live in the promised land. Remember, they came out of Egypt as slaves with a slavery mentality their slavery mentality. So the Lord had to train them how to be more than conquerors, train them how to handle wealth, train them how to handle more than just enough. All right, this is how he did it. He trained them with the manna. All right, so he told them on day one, uh, day one through day five, I will give you just enough for that day manna would come down, and it would fall down, and that was that bread from heaven, and they would take it into their homes and eat it. The Lord said, don't save it. Because if they had saved it, it would, it would stink and it would breed, breed worms and just all kind of maggots and stuff, right? Because they weren't supposed to save it between day one and day five. God was teaching them that I can supply your daily needs, trust me. But on day six, God said, I will give you twice as much twice as much, and they were meant to save because they would need the twice as much for day seven, because on day seven, manna would not fall. So those that were obedient to save in the season of saving, when the seventh day came, the day of rest came, they had to eat. They could eat. But those who were not obedient to save, those who were squandering and and who, who hated all well, then on day seven, they didn't eat, or they were forced to go out and beg. And God was building, them, building in them that mentality. There are seasons when you eat all, God said, you have this today, I will supply your needs this day. But then there are other times when God says, let me train you how to handle more than enough. That's what he was doing with them for 40 years, training them how to handle more than enough so that when they went to the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey, they know how to relate to God on a daily basis, and they also know how to relate to God when they have more than enough. Make sense? All right, so there are seasons of saving. Now, and of course, this is so wonderful. I think I I think we did bring this in Genesis 41. In Genesis 41. Did we did I bring that scripture up? Yeah. This was another wonderful example of how God would give you many times more than enough. But you need to seek him. Lord, why are you giving me this more than enough? Let's read this. We're going to read this. Uh, Genesis 41, of course, this is about Joseph in the land, in the land of Egypt. This is, of course, before uh, the verse that we talked about. So listen to this, Joseph, rather, Pharaoh had a dream, and Joseph interpreted it. Look look at verse 28, and this is out of the New Living Translation this time. It says, um, this will happen just as I have uh, described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been, de- have been decreed by God, and he will soon make them happen. Pharaoh, therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather them, rather have them gather all the uh, food produced in the good years uh, that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's, uh, what? Storehouses. Today's title is storehouse, right? Store it away and guarded so there will be food in the cities. That way, there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. So again, there are times when God will give you a great amount. But if they had just taken that great amount and ate it all during the, during the prosperous years, they would have been destroyed. So you have to know part of getting out of debt Uh, Part of this is that God will give you a great amount. He will give you more than enough. But there's a reason for the more than enough. And you're going to have to ask him, Lord, why am I receiving this? Why am I having this? Because it could very well be that you're in a saving season, a saving season, and you're saving up not just for yourself, but you could also be saving up for the welfare of those that are around you as well, just like Joseph did, saving up not just for Pharaoh and his house, but for the entire land and for those that would come because the drought would be so severe. Does that make sense to you? Let's look at another one. Let's look at, look at um, uh, 1 Corinthians 16 and 2. 1 Corinthians sixteen two. This is how it relates here, even in the New Testament, even in our giving. Listen to what this reads here, how this reads. Every Sunday, each of you must put aside some money, uh, must put aside some money in proportion to what you have earned, and do what with it? it And save it up, so that there will be no need to collect money when I come. All right. God says, save it up. Save it up, store it up. Even even relating to your giving in the church, he says, save it up, store it up, I'm going to use it. Can God trust you to save it up, to store it up? So this final thing, final part of the series, we're talking about God's storehouse. And you are God's storehouse. You are God's storehouse. But your saving must be for a purpose. We're not saving just to be saving. Let me give you this uh, one last example here. Remember, we talked about the wicked servant. And uh, how when the Lord came back to him, he said, Lord, here it is. Here's your talent. I dug a hole and I put it in the ground. Here it is. He did save it, didn't he? Surely he saved it. That was an example of saving. But he didn't save it with a purpose. He could have saved it in the bank that the Lord could have had interest with his, uh, when he came to, to get his money. But no, he just, saved he just put it aside. Just put it aside. No purpose, no direction. Just setting it aside. And that was wrong. And then, of course, when you look at um, uh, the, uh, the, the rich man and Lazarus, The rich man said, Hey, I've got plenty of money. I got plenty of money. Let me build bigger barns. Well, not not him. Not that not that case. Actually in um, yeah, Luke 12. Luke 12, rich man. He said, I'll build bigger barns. I got all this stuff. So, you know, but the Lord said, Thou fool, this day your soul is required of you. Yeah, he saved up, great, but it wasn't for a purpose. Definitely wasn't for a kingdom purpose. It was for him. And God called him a fool. You understanding? Let me give you five action steps and uh, that things I want you to remember uh, as we conclude this series and go from here. Five action steps or five just five action plans. If you've heard nothing else, I pray that you will remember these as I bring this before you in the name of the Lord. Number one, never spend your last unless you are directed of the Holy Spirit. Never spend your last unless you are directed of the Holy Spirit. Number two, make a general account of your financial state. How much do you make and owe? If you say, well, I have no debt, I have no debt, well, then you, you're actually telling me I'm in the process of saving right now or investing. If you said you have no debt, then you should be in the process now of saving or investing. That really talks about that in number three. After you have paid off your debt, store up about three to six months of expenses, then start investing. You say, I have no debt. Well, then you should be in the process of saving up three to six months worth of expenses, what it costs you to live on. Three to six months worth of expenses, what it takes costs you to live on, and then you need to start investing, all right? Fourth, focus on the kingdom of God. Be a faithful and wise steward, and money will find you. I can assure you of that. Money will find you. If you are a faithful and wise steward, money will find you. And number five, save with purpose and on purpose save with purpose and on purpose. So wherever you are on your financial journey, I want you to know, of course, that we're praying for you guys so much, because I really, I really do expect for all of us to walk in abundance. I, I'm, I'm serious. I really do expect for all of us to have more than enough. How much more than enough? Well, then that, that really depends on your assignment, what God has called you to do, the type of tools that you will need to do what you have to do, whether you are a business owner, uh, an entrepreneur, whether, whether you are an inventor, I'm not sure what God has for you, whether you're a podcaster, whatever, or or playwright, a, a movie, movie producer, or whether you like to drop bottles on floors. <laughs> whatever God has for you, whatever you do, you're going to need some amount of money for it. If you're a faithful and wise steward, again, money will find you. Amen? All right. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us to gather on your word. Lord, I pray your blessings upon your people, those that are in this room right now and those that are watching and listening to us by way of media. Lord, I pray that 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 money anointing, that saving anointing, that investing anointing, that giving anointing will come upon your people, that they will be generous in every area of their lives, that you would show them opportunities to give. And Father, I pray that you would increase them and bless them in ways that they have never even imagined or considered. And Lord, I pray that their learning, their schooling will continue, and you, great Holy Spirit, will continue to teach them and lead them into all truth and show them things to come. Lord, I bind and rebuke the spirit of debt off of their lives, the spirit of lack off of their lives in Jesus' name. And Lord, I proclaim plenty. I proclaim abundance. I proclaim more than enough that they may be your storehouses, that you may use them for your glory. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they will build the kingdom of God that they will live an abundant life and that they will leave a legacy for future generations. Bless your people, Father, I pray. With all of my heart, I pray bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys.